Sisters and brothers in Christ, grace and peace to you today from God our Father and our risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who has overcome sin, death, and the devil, who was and is and is yet to come. Amen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Well, surely you have heard all about it. I mean, it is the top news story online, right? The Argus Leader and New York Times are going crazy, Fox News and CNN also. You've heard the commentary in the interviews. What am I talking about? Well, it's only the biggest news in all of human history. Surely then your friends and neighbors have told you, right? Well, most likely outside of these walls, you have not heard it. Because even 2,000 years ago, the biggest news in human history caused the greatest unexpected reaction. Those that had been there, those that had witnessed it, those that knew all about it, kept it quiet. The greatest news that would change the way we know God forever. And what do we hear is the reaction? Fear and hiding. Really? Fear and hiding? The women had gone to the tomb that first Easter morning only to find Jesus' dead body gone, vanished. The disciples felt bamboozled. They didn't know what to think. They had looked forward to the glory days of the Messiah's rule, but all of their hopes and dreams had died with Jesus on the cross. Now they had barricaded themselves behind locked doors. The most important event in all of the history of the world, it was not shouted from the rooftops. There was no parades or celebrations or receptions between services. The empty tomb did not immediately become a place of pilgrimage. No, the news of the resurrection was buried, quieted, hushed, locked away. Now, when we have good news, we usually cannot help but to tell everybody, right? You do not have to be told to go and tell your good news. It's something we love to do. So what's the problem in our text for today? Is this not what Jesus had told his disciples would happen? That he would be betrayed, denied, abandoned by those that knew him best. That he would be handed over and killed. But on that third day, we would see a true picture of God's mercy as he would be raised from the dead. He had spoken this to them many times. When we're confronted with the reality of what has happened it maybe doesn't sound like good news to us, at least initially. In fact, to try to wrap our minds around it and understand the resurrection, it kind of tears apart the fabric of our understanding of life, right? I mean, we live and we die. This is something we know, we understand. Death comes as the final rest for all of life's labors and struggles. It is finally peace that we cannot understand. It's simply that real, right? Maybe not. But this also does speak to our uneasiness in understanding the resurrection. It means that we must reorient our thinking about life and death. I mean, the thought can be maybe even a little bit scary. But we also need to consider what must have been going on through in the disciples' minds. The Jewish leaders were still set on killing all of Jesus' followers. The Romans were still trying to avoid an uprising. Not only that, each disciple had surely a clear part in Jesus' suffering and death. And now that they've been informed that he's alive, well, it might occur to them that 
he might be coming back for them. I mean, if killing him couldn't stop him, what hope did they have? And it was downright dangerous to follow Jesus. If we listen closely to the narrative of our Acts reading for today, Peter is on trial again for preaching Christ. He's sent to prison, but an angel eventually breaks him out. But eventually, almost all the disciples are martyred for preaching Jesus Christ. The danger did not stop in the first century. In fact, Christians have been persecuted and killed for 2,000 years for preaching Christ. It still happens today. But we Christians have also had ample opportunity to get used to dealing with this news of the resurrection, right? And of course, the people that we are, we have done a great job of keeping the Easter and resurrection celebration on point, right? I mean, with all the colored eggs and bunnies and let's not forget marshmallow peeps. But in our Lutheran understanding, Luther teaches that we are to fear, love, and trust God above all things. Yet over and over in the gospel accounts, there is a common, a common proclamation in the stories. Do not fear. But to most of us, this statement maybe has no weight. It doesn't affect us. Unless the good news and the weight of the gospel is something to be feared. But why would we fear the gospel? Is it not our good news? Isn't it all that we hope for? That we put our hope in? It gives us hope beyond this life. And yet in a strange way, we become like the disciples. Hiding from the good news. Without even knowing it, we have fear of it. And we too keep the resurrection silent and hidden. I mean, not within the walls of the church, of course. But if we look around the church this morning, the doors are closed. We've relegated the Easter celebration to yearly traditions of games and family meals. We've forgotten the urgency of telling the gospel to others. A world that does not fear the resurrection does not find reason to tell anyone about it. It's just not good news anymore. So as I thought about this text coming up to this week, there is no doubt that there is an undercurrent of fear and anxiety amongst us. We look out into our world, it's not hard to become anxious and fearful. But even more so, your anxiety and fear is because of all that is going on here. It is fear of the unknown. It's the fear of what tomorrow looks like. Now, whenever we humans feel stress or fear, it's easy for us to go and seek a place of safety. To quit looking at what lies ahead and focus on what we have done. What we think we know. What makes us comfortable. In times of transition like we are currently experiencing, it's easy to come to church and metaphorically lock ourselves in. I hear so often that we need to go back to the way we used to do things. That will reduce our fears that that will make things right again. We also have a hard time looking outside of that, of inviting others to receive them, get to know them, listen to what they have to say, and welcome them among us. We have many, many people that come and visit us in person and in, on our digital campus, and yet we fail to get to know them to welcome them, 
While protecting traditions is important, closing yourself off from what God is calling to you kills the gospel. It keeps it behind locked doors. This last week, I was listening to a blog from Pastor Jeremy Richards, and what he was actually talking about what is what it meant to be blessed, he was talking about the Beatitudes, but I thought it was very on point with this text for today. It talks a little bit about how we live out our lives of faith and especially what it means to be the worshiping body of Christ. He writes, following Jesus isn't about being part of a social club that calls themselves church, that meets on Sunday mornings and sings the same songs that make us feel warm and fuzzy. It's about discipleship. It's about following Jesus, the Jesus who is with the down and out, the forgotten and despised, the sick, the lame, the disgraced. He is with the ones everybody else calls sinners. He is with the cursed, and yet he tells them that they are blessed. It is finally not just fear that keeps us from believing and speaking the gospel. It is also the belief that the resurrection is old news. And so like Thomas, we hear the news and we do not believe. It is actually not doubt, it's unbelief, which is sin. Like Thomas, we do not believe until we can stick our fingers in the wounds. Unbelief is our sin. Fear fuels our sin. But again, hear Jesus' words. Do not be afraid. Because Jesus does not leave you quagmired in fear and unbelief. He gives you another word today. Peace be with you. This word that breaks into your daily existence and changes life in a moment. This word that breaks into your human condition of sin, darkness, and death and resurrects you to new life. The very word that Jesus speaks that overcomes fear It is God's mercy for each of you. He's come and died and, yes, risen to give you that seal, that promise of new life, that nothing claims you but him. And then he speaks another word. Go. Get out of the locked room. Tell others about me. In fact, in our Lutheran tradition, this text from the 20th chapter of John gives you the office of the keys, this word that we struggle with just a little bit. But what it really means is go out and forgive sin. Go out and tell others about what Christ has done. Free them from the bondage of sin in their life. Jesus invites you to go out to make yourself vulnerable, to speak this resurrecting word to those who don't know him. This word that grants faith Proclaim this good news because it is good news. Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Share it, say it, sing it. Tell everyone that would listen. The tomb is empty, the word is out, and the Holy Spirit goes with you. The true message of Jesus Christ does not stop. It does not remain hidden. It is not found behind locked doors. It does not cease or halt for anything. The good news of Jesus Christ pushes out into the world, telling all that would hear of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, for you, for me, and for all people. Life after Easter is never old news. It is new life in Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.